Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. Good morning, Soul City. Yes, yes. So, so excited to be here with you. Uh, as Fabi said, my name is Brandon, and I'm the Transformation Pastor here. Uh, to tell you a little bit about me, I am married to a beautiful young lady named Sharon, and yeah, she's, she's pretty amazing. And uh, we have two little kids. We have a daughter named Zoe who is four, and we have a son named Levi who is two. And my family and I, we are pretty new to Soul City. We just moved here in March. Um, and we love so many things about you, Soul City. We, we, we love like uh, just how fun you are. You, you all know how to have fun. I think last Sunday at our connection event across the street, if you were there, you know what I'm talking about. Just a great time of connecting together, having fun. And another thing that we love is just your commitment to this idea and this way of life of leading others and being led into a transforming relationship with Jesus. There is such a hunger for the more of God here, and we absolutely love that. So if this is your first time here today, or if you consider yourself new, you are in great, great company. This is a great place to be. So after the, uh, over the last few weeks, we've been in this series called Any and Everything. And in this series, we have been taking a deeper look into the book of Colossians. And if you have not caught this series, I highly, highly encourage you to go back and check it out. It has been so powerful. And over the last few weeks, we have uncovered truths uh, about Christ in us. And we're going to conclude our series today by talking about Christ through us. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, I'm excited to dive into this. The title of this talk is Manage the Moments. Let's pray and we're going to jump in. Holy Spirit, you are here already. But we say come. Come in your fullness. Come and have your way. Come in speak to us, come and reveal yourself to us, come and heal, come and restore, come and redeem, come and bring clarity and purpose and new insight into who we are meant to be. Whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit, whatever it is, we say yes to it. We are into whatever you are into this morning. I pray for open ears, open hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I have been married to Sharon for seven years, and we dated about three years before that. So in that amount of time, you learn so much about a person, right? Every day is a, is a brand new, uh, you know, just day of discovery. And one of the things that I have learned over our time together about my wife is that she's one of those folks who loves the all-natural remedies, like, she's all about the all-natural remedies. There was actually a season of our lives where she literally made our deodorant. <laughs> like, I'm dead, like, real talk. Like, she, she literally put it together in a, in a pot, like, whipped, like, she, she literally made our deodorant. And it was, it was interesting because I had just started a job at a bank, so I, I was wearing a suit, tie, all of that stuff. And I had to find low-key 
creative ways to scratch my armpits because they just hurt, uh, itched so much. Um, and then this deodorant would give you a, a sort of red tint under your armpits for some reason. Um, it could have been from all the scratching. I'm not sure. But the point is that it was all, it, it was organic. It was all natural. And another remedy kick that Sharon was on for a while was apple cider vinegar, everyone. Do I have any apple cider vinegar connoisseurs in the house? Okay. You all are in a league of your, of your own. Um, <laughs> but I remember when uh, my son was born, he had a really bad case of cradle cap. And Sharon heard that, you know what, apple cider vinegar has been known to be a, a natural healer for cradle cap. So she had the idea to go ahead and rub some apple cider vinegar on, on our son's head. And it wasn't until we took him to his doctor that we found out, yeah, apple cider vinegar has so many, so many health benefits. Healing cradle cap ain't one. Um, so my, my, my poor son's new baby smell was apple cider vinegar. You know that smell that, that babies have when, they, when they're first born, that distinct, beautiful smell? Well, his was apple cider vinegar. Um, but he's fine. He's okay now. But <laughs> really, though, apple cider vinegar, it actually has a ton of health benefits. According to Healthline.com, it has been known to lower your blood sugar. It's been known to get rid of harmful bacteria in your body and boost your gut health. It's been known to boost your skin health and soothe a sore throat. And the list goes on and on. It actually is a, a real remedy. And I know that Sharon is not the only one in the room, you know, we, we've all bought into the idea of the remedy at some point, whether it was a family remedy that we've tried, or maybe it was a super remedy we heard about online that promised to heal, that promised to give us energy or some other benefit. Well, what if I told you that you were a remedy? What if I told you that you were God's remedy to those around you? What if I said Christ in you and Christ through you is God's remedy to transformation in our city, in our nation, and in our world? Through our willingness to share the love and the power that we have come to know in Christ, transformation and healing can take place. Think about it. If you had the remedy, I'm talking about a remedy that's better than apple cider vinegar. If you had a remedy that could just change someone's life, I'm talking about like the remedy to like weight loss, for like eternal weight loss, the, the remedy to heal any kind of cancer or any kind of disease, you would share that good news with everyone you know. And if I'm being honest with you all today, sometimes I can find it easier to share the good news about everything else except for the remedy that I carry. I can find it to be easier to share the good news about the Disney Plus show Loki that I loved to watch. I know I got some Loki lovers in the house. Or the good news about something silly that my four-year-old daughter said yesterday. 
I can find it easier to share the good news about the results of the church's three-on-three basketball tournament that we had last week that my team happened to win. Um, but I digress. It's not, it's not about that. Um, it's not about that at all. But this does bring us to an important question. And it's a question that I want us to consider today. And that question is, why don't I share my faith with others? If I truly believe that Jesus is the most important thing in my life, if Jesus has actually transformed and changed my life, why don't I share that with others? Or to frame the question differently, why don't I take a moment to share my moments? Why don't I take a moment to share my significant moments with Jesus? Why don't I share the remedy? Well, I believe that there are several reasons as to why we don't talk about faith with others. You know, maybe it's because we don't know how. Or it could be that it just it feels uncomfortable or it's intimidating. Or, or maybe we don't have any non-Christians in our lives. I, I want to just name that there is not a simple answer to this complex question. But I do want to unpack two reasons in particular that I believe the Holy Spirit highlighted as major factors as to why many people don't share their faith. One of those reasons that I believe that many of us don't share our faith with others is because we feel distracted. You know, in the busy, fast pace of our lives, we can often miss the moments in front of us, the opportunities where we have to share our faith. And when we have a distracted faith, we, we often have a next mindset. We're thinking about the next thing that we have to get done, getting to our next meeting, getting the next project done, going to our next location. And when we have a next mindset, we can unintentionally miss what God is doing right now. And when we have this next mindset, we can unintentionally not see people, but actually see past them. We hear them, but not completely. We see them, but not fully. And if it's not that we feel distracted, then maybe we don't share our faith because we feel disinterested. Meaning we, we feel apathetic about our own faith. This is the feeling of not feeling when it comes to our faith. Our drive, our passion for Jesus isn't there like it used to be. It could be due to disappointment. It could be due to difficulties that we've faced in our lives. And when we have this disinterested faith, the story that we can begin to write about everyone else is that, well, if I'm not passionate about Jesus, then he certainly won't be a passion for them. He won't be important for them. When we have a disinterested faith, we are basically giving other people's no for them without realizing it. I remember back when I was in college and my wife and I were dating at the time, I had this epiphany. I'm like, okay, I'm going to live for Jesus, for real, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going to surrender my life to the Lord. I'm going to do this for real, for real. And I, I was like, okay, I got to talk to Sharon. So I talked to Sharon. I said, hey, Sharon, we have to break up because I'm going to live for Jesus for real. And um, 
it came as a shocker to Sharon because she had no idea that I was a, that I grew up Christian. I was a Christian. So to give you a little bit of insight to where I was at. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, well, I'm actually interested in Christianity too. She was in a, in a season of her life where she was spiritually curious. And she's like, yeah, well, I'm interested in Christianity as well. And rather than me saying in that moment, like, awesome, this is great. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about Jesus. I literally said something to the effect of, nah, nah, we, we, we got to break up. Uh, because, <laughs> because, you know, you really don't want this life. You, you're, you're young, you're, you're in college. This ain't really what you want. Um, you don't want to do this. I'm, I'm like, serious, serious. Like, this is horrible. I literally said this to her. And it was out of my own disinterest. It was out of my own apathy, my own perspective of what it meant to be a Christian, to live in this Christian life at the time. See, when we are disinterested, when we have this disinterested faith, God's goodness is in question. We wonder, is he as good as I thought he was? God doesn't seem close. He doesn't feel alive in our lives. And why would we talk about a God that doesn't seem real, good, or close? Lucky, uh, luckily for us, we're not the only group of people to have navigated this tension and to have wrestled through this. In the book of Colossians, where we've been all month long, Apostle Paul, he's talking to a group of people who have navigated these similar questions. And if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, I want you to go ahead and go with me to Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6. And we also have our Soul City Bibles underneath the seats in front of you. And Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6 is on page 955 in those. Now, in this, in this section of the letter, this is the last section of his letter, the apostle, he's giving some final instructions to the Colossians about how to live this Christian life. And he's given them some instructions about what their priorities should be as well. And one of the priorities that he touches on is this idea of sharing your faith. And he talks about sharing your faith. And what does that even, what's that mean? We'll define it today as the communication and the demonstration of transformation. It's when you share about the love and the goodness of God that you yourself have come to experience. The communication and the demonstration of transformation. I want to pick up in Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6. This is what it says. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So what's happening in these two verses? One thing that we have to understand, I want us to, uh, to see here, is that for this group of Christians, Christianity wasn't just a slight tweak. It wasn't a minor pivot in their spirituality. It was a completely new way of seeing spirituality. It was a completely new way of living all together. And in their close-knit little collectivist society, everyone around them would have noticed that this group of Colossians said that they worship 
the one true God instead of all of their local gods around them. So their relationships and their community would have got tricky. Some of their friends would have turned into enemies. Their faith was literally public and pressured from the very start. The Apostle Paul, he invites this group of Christians in Colossae to do something so risky. Following Jesus in the ancient world was one of the most dangerous things that someone can do. So not only is the Apostle Paul saying, yeah, I want you to follow Jesus, but he's telling them to tell other people to follow Jesus as well. So because of this, there was relational tension, there's social pressures, there's disappointments, all these things that they would have faced, we can assume that like many of us, they would have gone through seasons of wrestling through a distracted faith, a a disinterested faith. And despite knowing all of this, the Apostle Paul, he basically says to them, yeah, yeah, this is for you. This is for you. Going outside of your Christian circle to invite other people into what you are experiencing, into the transformation that you are experiencing. Yes, this is for you. Now, I want you all to, to notice, though, how he starts. Verse 5. So interesting to me. He, he begins by telling the Colossians to be wise in the way you what? Act towards outsiders. He, he says... Hey, um, instead of showing up with criticism, show with curiosity. Instead of being greedy, be generous. Instead of showing up with pride, show up with humility. Be a good friend. You know, serve other people. Be a good neighbor. This is just wise living. He says, woo them, win them over with your wisdom. The Apostle Paul is saying, hey, hey, guys, first things first. Before we ever even talk about verbally sharing our faith, your actions speak before you do. So what are they saying? What are they saying? His point here is that when it comes to sharing our faith, your actions make Christ attractive. Your actions make Christ attractive. Don't just say that God is love. Be loving. Don't just say that Jesus was a servant of all. Serve. Don't just say that Jesus heals the sick. Go and pray for the sick. Don't just say that God is generous. Be generous. Acting in love and wisdom has the power to speak louder and clearer than our words sometimes. There's a correlation between action and attraction. First and foremost, action makes Christ attractive. But I love that the apostle, he doesn't stop at this idea of acting in wisdom. He moves on to say, make the most of every opportunity. Another Bible that I love called the Passion Translation translates this phrase as make it your duty to make him known, which is to say when you have the opportunity to demonstrate or communicate about Christ, do it. He's saying that, hey, any moment can be the moment. Any moment can be the moment that Christ will, will call you into demonstrating or communicating about his love, his grace in someone else's life. You don't have to wait for that special moment. You don't have to wait for the right moment. He said any moment could be the moment. And then 
he finishes verse six by giving them the how. How should this look? He, he says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. And this phrase seasoned with salt was very intentional. In, in the ancient world, salt was a necessity of life, literally a necessity. They couldn't do without it. For us, we immediately think of salt as seasoning, right? I, um, I love salt on my fries, for example. Like, I don't need ketchup. I don't need ranch. Um, I'm confused by ranch on fries, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, I don't need my, 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 you know, fries dipped in Frosties, but again, choices, this freedom, we, we, you know, every, to each his own. But we think of salt as a seasoning. For them, it was so much more than a seasoning. It was a preservative. It, it was something that they put on their food for, for taste, but it also brought out the natural flavors uh, of, of food. It preserved their food. It, it, it was a disinfectant for them. It was a unit of exchange for them. Having a lot of salt was a symbol of wealth because of how necessary it was in their day and time. Think about oil today. Now, I believe that the Apostle Paul, he, he uses this metaphor for a few reasons, but one in particular is because he wants the Colossians to understand, hey, just as essential, you know, just as salt is literally essential to your natural lives, God's grace is essential to your spiritual lives. God's grace is his undeserved acceptance and goodness. It's the truth that God no longer judges us based on our own performance, but on the performance of Jesus. It is the truth that, that it's not something that is given to us just as salvation, but it empowers our daily lives. And grace has a face. Grace personified is Jesus. He is perfect grace. And to know Jesus is to know Grace, in other words, grace is the salt that seasons our moments. Jesus is the salt that we share. When it comes to sharing our faith, or when it comes to our faith in general, you may feel distracted. You, you may feel disinterested at times, but the antidote to that is dependence. It's dependence on his grace and dependence on the Christ in us. And a dependent faith, it looks like growing in our awareness of who we carry. As we grow more aware of the Christ in us, who is actually the hope of the world, who is grace personified, as we continue to grow in that, sharing faith becomes a priority of our faith. Pastor Jared, he opened up this series so beautifully by talking about the significance of this, this insight, this idea, this mystery of Christ in us, the power of that. And I want to encourage you, go back, rewatch it, watch it for the first time. It's so important. And when this is our starting point, when dependence and awareness of Christ in us is our starting point, sharing our faith looks different. It just does. It looks different. So I'm going to uh, go ahead and call up my friend Sharice. Come on and give it up for her. She comes up and helps me out. Yes. Awesome. So excited 
that you're here to help. So here, let's, let's have you, um, yeah, I, I'll stand right here maybe. Oh, there you go. That's perfect. So I want to share one of my favorite treats with you. Is that okay? Cool. Okay. So when it comes to sharing our faith, I, I, I believe like the picture that we often have is, is that it looks something like this or, or the image that we can have around sharing our faith is, is that it looks like this. So I'm going to share one of my favorite snacks, guilty pleasures, if you will. Um, yeah, because I want you to partake in that. Does that sound good? That sounds awesome. Great. Okay. You look excited. Treats are my, my thing. Treats are your thing? Okay, cool, cool. All right. You ready? Yeah. Here it goes. Uh, it is half a cup of butter, one cup of sugar, two eggs, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, one third cup of unsweetened cocoa powder, a half a cup of all-purpose sugar, one-fourth teaspoon of salt, one-fourth teaspoon of baking powder. Does that sound delicious? <laughs> nah, you're not feeling it? No, no. You look no. a little confused by that. I thought you'd be more excited. You started off really great. Oh, I, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. See, so, so the, the, the image, though, the vision that we see in Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6 about sharing our faith, it, it, it is quite different. It's quite different than that. So let's try this again. Okay, so it looks like this. Thanks, George. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's try this again. So I would love to share one of my favorite treats with you. It's just brownies, simply brownies. Look at them. They, they are delicious. They're moist. Oh, my goodness. They have chocolate frosting on the top. Oh, my. I'm getting hungry just thinking about this right now. Um, but you know what? Why don't you try for yourself? Why don't you just... Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, you can, you can take your brownie and, yeah, you can keep that in... Appreciate it. Yeah, it's all yours. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right, everybody, give it up for for Cherise. What's the point? The point is that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Don't worry. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and knock these down later. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. The point is that we are not just carrying the message about Jesus, but we're actually carrying Jesus that you are a walking encounter with Jesus. When someone comes in contact with you, they are simultaneously coming in contact with Jesus. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but you are a walking encounter with Jesus. Any moment can be the moment that someone encounters Christ through you. Now, now, now someone at this point may be, may be asking like, or wondering, okay, well, how important is it for me to share my faith? I, I get that some other folks should do that, that some other people should, but what about, like, it's probably not that important for me to step into this. So I remember my freshman year of, of college, and like so many people, that, that, that freshman year was rough for me on so many levels. I, I remember just not having a sense of inner peace, not, not having a sense of purpose, carrying around this constant sense of shame. I had literally just lost a very close family member of, of mine, and it, it left me in this 
place of confusion and insecurities and fears. And I literally did not believe that God was good. I, I didn't believe he was, he was safe. I believed he wanted me to be perfect. And if I wasn't, he would somehow punish me. So while I'm carrying all of this, I was also a server at Red Lobster. So shout out to those Cheddar Bay Biscuits. You already know. And, you know, one Sunday, I had this older couple walk in to, to Red Lobster. They sat in my section. And at the end of their experience, I dropped the check off. And the wife says to me, she says, she looks me in the eyes. And she says, Brandon, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but God loves you. And he has a calling on your life. And you are meant to do great things. From the moment that you walked up to our table, we could feel God's love for you. We could feel his heart for you. And they began to speak into all of the stuff happening inside of me without recognizing it, without even knowing it. And mind you, I had never experienced anything like this in my life, where two complete strangers outside of a church setting at my job begin to share the love of God about uh, for me. It literally completely wrecked me. And then they both prayed for me right there in Red Lobster. That moment for me was a turning point. It was a marking moment for me. It was a moment like salt is known to do. It makes you thirstier. It was a moment that made me thirstier for this Jesus that they knew. Like, wow, I, I need to know the Jesus that you know. And sometimes I ask myself, well, what if they would have never shared the love of Jesus with me in that moment? What if they said, you know what? I'm tired. I just want to get out of here. What if they would have never shared the love of Jesus? I honestly can tell you, I don't know where I would be right now. I don't know what I would be doing. I don't know how that would have shifted my trajectory. It was a marking moment. It was so significant for me and my faith, and it literally only took two or three minutes. When they shared their faith with me, Jesus's mission was advanced in my life. And that is why we share our faith so that Jesus's mission can be advanced on the earth and people's lives. Church, it is not simply about us, but it is about partnering with Jesus to advance his heavenly mission in other people's lives. The bottom line to why we share our faith is because Jesus's mission moves through our moments. Jesus's mission moves through our moments. His mission of seeing people reconnected to the Father, seeing people healed, set free, living life with purpose. It moves through our moments of stepping out in risk and sharing his love with other people. Jesus's mission, it moves through our moments. Now, practically speaking, there are so many different methods to sharing your faith. I mean, so many. But one thing I want you to remember is that any moment can be the moment. Any moment can be the moment. Just like the couple in Red Lobster, you want to keep your eyes and your ears open to what Christ may want to do through you. A simple prayer that I often pray is, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. 
before I walk into a place, before I go somewhere, the gym, the grocery store, a restaurant, Holy Spirit, I, I welcome you. And I know he's already here, but what that does is it just puts my awareness on him and what he may be interested in doing in that particular moment. So what I want to challenge you with this week is to move Jesus's mission through a moment this week. Move his mission forward through a moment this week. It could be through an act of generosity as you're at lunch, leaving here. It, it could be uh, a moment where you're in a locker room at, at the gym. It could be through a moment of um, being out at the park with your kids. Move his mission forward. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit this week, well, what does that look like for me? Lord, what, what does it look like for you to partner with me and how can I move your mission forward? Another simple way is that you know, you could invite somebody to come to church with you next week. God puts someone on your heart in proximity to you. You can say, hey, I'm going to invite them to church with me. The point to keep in mind is that you want to keep your eyes and your ears open for your Red Lobster moments. Keep your eyes and your ears open for your Red Lobster moments this week. Listen, you carry the true remedy. You carry the true remedy. It is better than apple cider vinegar, better than anything you can think, dream, or imagine. And you don't just carry the message. You actually carry Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And he has you on the planet for such a time as this because he wants to specifically use you to move his mission forward. And let us remember today that any moment can be the moment that someone could encounter the Christ in you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much. Wow, for this moment that we are on the earth, Lord. We are on the earth in this moment to advance your mission through moments. Lord, I pray that you would give us the awareness of your presence. I pray that if there is a sense of disinterest, Lord, in our faith, would you revitalize, would you awaken us to our first love again? Lord, take us back to that place where where we, we, we can recall the tenderness, the nearness, the closeness of your presence. That we can recall when you've called us son, called us daughter, when you called us loved, when you called us beautiful, when you called us cherished, when you called us seen. Lord, when you, when you wooed us with your goodness. Holy Spirit, I pray that this week you would put opportunities in front of us, that you would put us in spaces, put us on the spot to just be people who share your love and your goodness with others. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to move your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>